Hey guys and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast, episode number 22. And today is a special one because I am joined by NBC Sports' Greg Murphy. We talk about spring training so far and the buzz inside the camp and a bit of swagger that is coming out of the Phillies camp at the moment. Confidence is sky high, the Phillies are winning plenty of games. We get the lowdown with Greg and all that, plus his thoughts and seasons ahead. The players that are impressing and of course... Questions from you guys on social media, and I turn the tables. A minute with Murph. With Murph. Yes, well, a minute and a bit with Murph. It wasn't quite a minute, but uh, it was a great fun to turn the tables on Greg Murphy and have his own minute with Murph. Uh, before we get into that, though, a reminder that this Sunday we'll be doing a live Broad Street to Britain on our UK Phillies Twitter and Periscope. So please join us Sunday. It'll be after the Phillies game. It's something new, something different, and you can watch me, Ryan from Rotor Tricks, and Alex Carr build up to the season ahead. And by that point, on that Sunday, it will only be a week and a half away from the new season. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to Sunday to chatting with the guys and interacting with you guys. Hopefully you guys will get the questions in while we're on air and we will answer as many as possible and build up to the new season. But as promised, so this is my chat with Greg Murphy. Enjoy. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to say I am now joined all the way over in sunny Clearwater by Greg Murphy. Greg, how are you? I am doing great. Uh, it is sunny here. It is beautiful here. And uh, it's, it's just perfect weather for baseball. And that's what we're getting started down here. Uh, it's, it's, and what a fantastic baseball it's been so far in the first two and a half weeks. We, we'll get to that just shortly. Greg, for you, how was the winter break and what did you get up to? Uh, the winter break was great. It always goes very quickly. Um, most of the time I spend in, in the off season is uh, with my kids. And, uh, you know, I did a little bit of traveling, uh, not anywhere exotic, but uh, in and around the, the East Coast. And, um, you know, just uh, relaxed, enjoyed the holidays. And, you know, you blink and, and next thing you know, it's February and you're getting ready to head down to Florida. So um, I enjoyed it, but I'm ready to go now. Yeah, the batteries are recharged, ready to go. Well, that, that first day back in Clearwater, when you, when you meet the guys again from NBC, is it like the first day back at school? Are you, are you excited <laughs> to see everybody? Is, is, but yeah. So many jokes and such great chemistry between you guys straight away. Yeah, you know what? It, it's exactly like that. The first day of school, everyone's kind of, you know, we're a little giddy. We're all, uh, we generally have a meeting it's the first thing we do. We all arrive at the ballpark and, and get together in a conference room. And there's like eight or nine of us in there. And just, the, the, you know, the quips are flying and the jokes are flying. And, and it's like we had to beat. So, you know, we we all stay in contact during the offseason via text and, and phone and stuff. But um, but all being back in the same room, uh, there's, there's a level of excitement. There's a level of camaraderie. And, uh, you know, we know we're embarking on another season and and it's always it's always fun to get it off on the right foot and uh 
you know, having some fun with, with one another. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Did, uh, we haven't obviously been on TV much so far. Do you guys all stay in Clearwater and still go to the games while we've had a bit of break from TV? Or, or do you guys go up and play golf and do your own thing? <laughs> what, what have you guys been doing to fill the, the non-TV void? Yeah, so a combination of, of all of the above, honestly. <laughs> you know, so this year, yeah, we did the first three games on television, and then we basically had a week where we weren't televising anything. Um, most of us went home at that okay. point. Uh, I went back, uh, you know, again, get a chance just to see the kids, and, and then um, and then I came back, and I did a bunch of the games online and on radio um, as well. So – you know, it's always been that we've televised the home games at, in Clearwater and yeah. then the radio guys would do the away games on um, on our flagship station. So uh, we've done a little bit of that. But now once we got back the second time, we're pretty much on. I think we're only not televising two more games out of out of the rest. So um, the rest of the time we'll stay down here on the off days. We do get get out on the golf course a little bit or some guys like to go out and fish and do that kind of thing. Um and when there's games at home that we're not televising, most of the time we're over at the ballpark watching. So, I, wow, what a what a life! I just like oh, yeah. when you're not doing it, you go out fishing or playing golf, and then when the the baseball's on, you're there. It's just, wow, I'm so jealous, man. I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> it's not it's not bad, that's for sure. I, I we, we know how lucky we are. That's <laughs> where we're we're lucky to do what we do, and we're lucky to get to do it with a team like this. So. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the vibe down there, it seems to be a bit different than the last couple of years. Of course, it's spring training, everybody. The vibe's not going to be down, obviously. It's going to be mm-hmm. up. Everyone's excited for the new season. But being down ballpark, being there by the players, does it feel like a different buzz the last couple of years? And there seems to be a, a real belief. I know we say this every year, the belief they can break this duct of losing season mm-hmm. and postseason, but there seems to be a, a bit of swagger about this Phil's team so far. What, what what have you picked up down there being with them? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, and I think the swagger's building a little bit because the team's winning. It's been a while since we've won in spring. And, you know, we always say, well, it doesn't much matter if you lose spring training games. But we've lost spring training games for the last nine seasons. And we've ended, you know, the season out of the playoffs. This year, they're 13-5. and five. They're winning games. The guys that... Uh, are going to be on the team when we head north are, are playing well for the most part. So I think that confidence and that swagger that you're talking about is starting to, to you know, feed itself. And that's – I've seen other teams in baseball and, and, and other sports and football and, you know, where, where you start to believe – when you believe in yourself and you start to feel – yourself a little bit that's a dangerous that's a dangerous combination that's good and I think we're seeing that and I and I think you have to give Joe Girardi a lot of credit for how quickly he's established this idea that you know what last year's last year and two years ago is two years ago and this year is different and this is a talented team and we're going to win more than we lose and I think the guys are buying into that and you're seeing you're seeing it manifest, and when it does that, it, it it tends to build on itself, which is great. Yeah, from the games I've seen, they're not taking it. The players, especially, aren't treating it like spring training. That they're they're fully hustling. Every mm-hmm. every at bat matters. Every pitch matters. There seems to be a real competition for places amongst the players. Yeah, well, you know, when you have guys like like. 
Bryce Harper, who busts it on every single play, no matter, you know, no matter what, when you have guys like, you know, Hoskins that does the same and Kingery, it, it tends to eventually kind of wear off on everybody else. And, you know, Hey, if, if Bryce Harper is busting it on every play, maybe I should be doing that kind yeah. of thing. And there's also a, a real healthy dose of young players in camp. So, obviously those guys are out there trying to turn heads and, and make a name for themselves. And I think all of that kind of just feeds off, off of it, itself and it kind of builds and, you know, and, and I really do think that winning, winning is fun. Even when they don't matter, when you, when you win games, you want to win more. And, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that. So Yeah. It's that mentality, isn't it? It just gets you in the groove. It's a feel good, you know, and it's, it's only a good thing. And for the youngsters as well, to see the likes of Bryce Harper giving it the rule. JT's had a really good spring in yeah. that leadoff. Uh, um, Mickey Moniak's really impressed me so far. And for players like Moniak um, to, to be playing, and Alec Bohm, to be playing with Harper and Hoskins and Kingery and Real Mutant, seeing them do their stuff and taking it seriously even in spring, it's, it's only a good thing for them as well. Absolutely. And, you know, we've watched, like you said, Moniak and Alec Bohm get, I mean, these guys are getting a real opportunity to play and we've seen a lot of them in camp. They've had, they've both had a great deal of success and, you know, I've talked to both of them about getting a chance to be in that dugout and watch these guys, you know, the guys that are on the big league club already where they want to be and how they play and how they approach the game and how they get their work done. And you can just, you know, you see the, the level of respect from guys like Moniak and Alec Bohm. And, you know, they know, hey, if I want to if I want to be in this spot next year, if I want to be one of the guys people are talking about heading north, no doubt about it, then this is how I have to go about my business. Mm-hmm. And it's a great learning um, exercise for these young kids. And it's not always the case. You don't always have veterans that are great examples for these young players in camp, but we absolutely do. This is the guys you named, JT, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, uh, Bryce Hart. You know, those guys, they're all on the team. They don't need to be, you know, busting it the way they do, but yet they are, and I think it's just great. Yeah, and, and Judy, uh, Neil Walker as well, very mm-hmm. old heads, but again, leading by example. It's it's great to see. Have any of the players really impressed you, Greg, so far as well? Maybe some ones we haven't mentioned, some standouts. Yeah, well, you know, I think the guys that impress for the most part, um, I mean, you, you can look at Bryce and say, yeah, he's been impressive because he's played terrific. But you know, a guy like Logan Forsythe, who, you know, is fighting for a, a spot on the big league roster, he's been he's been really good. Um, you know, there's guys uh, like Neil Walker, who you mentioned, yeah, that, that have been really good. Uh I'm trying to think of some of some of the young pitchers that we've seen. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned Garlic. He's been he's been great. So Nick Martini, he's another one that, that's fighting for a spot. Whether or not he breaks with the team remains to be seen. But man, oh man, he certainly has done nothing to harm his chances of getting a call up in midseason if they if they have injuries. You know, if if you weren't to break with the team because uh, because of the way they're playing down here, um, there have been very few disappointments quite frankly Scott Kinger got off to a slow start but I think he's starting to turn it around a little bit now um and uh you know we saw the couple of the number five you know guys fighting for the five spot and in the rotation none of them have really separated themselves quite yet but uh other than that I think we've seen some really good play it's it's been fun 
Yeah, I've liked I've liked Reggie McLean. Um, yeah, I know he's not yeah. young, but he, he's impressed me. And 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 uh, Ranger Suarez as well. Do you think he's playing himself into contention for that rotation spot? Well, you know what? You know, we came to camp thinking, okay, it's Vince and it's Nick, and then maybe Ranger will get a chance. Well, I think at this point now, it's Nick, it's Vince, and it's Ranger in a three-way mm-hmm. battle. So he has absolutely played himself into that conversation. He's left-handed, which uh, I think bodes well for him. And, yeah, you know, they're each going to get, what, about probably two more starts, maybe three. Um so it's probably going to come right down to the end and come down to, you know, who's pitching the best when, when we're ready to go. But, uh, yeah, I think Rangers most definitely in the conversation now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, He's been good. Adam Morgan's looked good. Hector Neris as well, solid. Mm-hmm. Real shame today to hear about uh, Dominguez, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Do we, have, yeah. do we know the severity of the injury? Or the you know, I, we don't. Um, and, and the team hasn't confirmed anything yet. Um, I think the report came out of uh, Jim Salisbury from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, I read what, what he wrote. So, you know, nothing is official yet, but certainly it's not good news if it's true. Um, it's not over. I, I don't know. if I'm, I can't say I'm surprised mm-hmm. to hear that maybe he's had a setback. Uh, it's such a difficult injury to get past if you don't have the surgery. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. The, the good news is they have a lot of arms down there. And I think, you know, as long as there's not two or three or four more injuries, they're going to be okay. They'll be able to, to handle that setback. But uh, hopefully it's minor and Sir Anthony's able to get back at some point early in the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's been, he was having a decent spring. You know, it, yeah. initially a bad injury to come back from. Uh, for yourself, Greg, you've been doing this for quite a while now and opening day is, is coming up. Do you still get the same buzz, the same excitement when opening day rolls around? Absolutely. No doubt about it. It's, um, you know, you, you mentioned that, that feeling of the first day of school when we arrive in spring. It's no different. I mean, you, you just can't help but be excited. The beginning of a baseball season, there's so much reason for optimism. There's so much excitement, um, especially when you have a team that you think is going to at least be a contender. And I, and I think we have that now. And, yeah, I, I can't wait. I mean, we're going to start in Miami. I'm hopeful that, well, you know, barring any uh, coronavirus issues, yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that there's a, there's a big crowd there and there's some energy in that ballpark because there's nothing better than that first time when they line up on the line and and uh you get the uh the anthem going and you get ready to play it's it's exciting it's exciting if you're watching on tv it's exciting if you're there and certainly it's exciting if you're a part of it exactly yeah i couldn't couldn't agree more i was there for the opening day against the red Sox at the bank uh, a few years ago now (laughs) hummels took took to the mound and it the, the buzz is just it's something quite special and different to other opening like football, soccer, opening day is a cool, but baseball has this real ritual before it, and it's a yeah. special buzz. I can't describe the whole leading, the build-up leading up to it, you know, the players coming down Broad Street and then the Fanatic leading them out onto the ballpark, the anthem, the flag, reading the, the names out as they come out from the dugout onto the onto the, onto the, onto the field. It's just the atmosphere. It, it's really, really special. And it is like no other opening day in another sports that I've, I've ever been to before. And anybody yeah, listening, who, true. Yeah. anyone listening who's never been to an opening day 
uh, whether in the UK or America, I can't recommend it enough just for the atmosphere. Even if it's not your team and you live in the States and you're near a ballpark for an opening day, just get down there for the, the yeah. experience. It, it's, it's quite a unique, special experience. And I, would, I definitely would love to do it again. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, game one, game one, on you know, wherever you're playing your first game of the season. So, we're, you know, we'll be on the road. So that's special. And then, you know, a week later, you come back home and you do it all again in front of your home fans. And, you, and that's equally special. You know, and then you settle into that routine. You know, the game seven, eight, nine and ten won't have that same level of excitement. But guess what? They're just as important. And, you know, you settle into that routine and it's every day. And, you know, that, I think that's part of what's special about baseball is that it's kind of the, the fabric of summer, you know, whether it be mm. over here in the States or over there in the UK, it's just, it's consistent. It's there every day. And, uh, you know, wins and losses, you don't live and die with each one like you might in another sport, but, they all matter. And we, we've seen that time and time again when it comes down to game 162. It still means something, you know. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it's great. Are, are the players sort of, their minds, have you sensed that they're starting now to focus towards opening day and opening week? And they've seen they've got the Marlins in just over two weeks now. Are you, is it that stage of spring now where their heads are just starting to shift towards that opening day? I think so. I, th- I think that'll happen you know, starting, we had an off day today. So, you know, everybody was off today, which is great. And now, boom, you we get back to the ballpark tomorrow and we are two weeks away from opening day. We're a week and a half away from backing up here and heading north or actually heading south in our case yeah. this time. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you're, you're, you can see it. You know, camp is getting to the point where you're like, all right, let's, let's just get through camp now, be healthy and let's get this started. And you can almost taste it you can almost feel it and see it so yeah i I think when we get back to the ballpark tomorrow the the focus is going to shift ahead and say all right come on let's get there let's let's get this going and it must be the same with the fans now coming there the the excitement must be rising around because of course the Phillies have had a great spring can you sense it amongst the fans that are there at clearwater as well are they getting excited they are they getting on board with because I think baseball in general is sort of sleeping on the Phillies a little bit. They've got yeah. them down as sort of got them down. Picote had us down like 78 or 79 wins. It, it, I feel like we could be surprising a few people this year. I I, I agree. I, I think some of the projections are really low. Um, and you know what? They, they are what they are. They're projections. And mm. and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. And then, then that's just the way it is. Uh, I think the fans here in Clearwater – I think the fans that arrive here in Clearwater and come down to be part of this experience, for the most part, are genuinely optimistic to begin with um, because they're here and, and, and they feel the excitement. The I think the buzz is starting back in Philadelphia. I think it took a couple weeks for it to really kind of take hold. But I think people are looking at, at home and they're saying, all right, you know, this team is they're 13 and five. They're winning games. Guys are hitting. The guys are pitching. The, there might be a reason to be excited, and uh, I think we're just starting to hear the buzz back from Philadelphia that fans back there are, are excited about it as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and here in the UK as well, it's. I think you're right. It was a bit of a slow burner. I think. Yeah. People, fans are still a bit jaded from the end of last season. How disappointing mm-hmm. that ended, but. Now we're seeing clips of Bryce Harper hitting bombs onto the highway. JT is hitting <laughs> off at, from lead off, and all of a sudden it's like 
yeah, this team looked hungry and ready to go. What, what would your personal prediction be for the Phillies? Heart, heart and head. What, what does your heart say and what does your head say? Well, my heart always says, you know, 95 wins, but that's probably not going to happen. I, I, I wish. And, and who knows? Maybe, maybe it does. But uh, my head says this. Uh, obviously, I've been asked this question a lot. So I looked at the team last year, 81 and 81. Just about anything that could have gone wrong last year went wrong from a health standpoint. Um, you know, Reese Hoskins played very poorly the second half of the season. He'll be the first person to tell you that. You know, it, so much was a negative last year, and the team won 81 games. Now you bring in a new manager. You bring in a new pitching coach. You've got a healthy group of arms. You've got Zach Wheeler into the mix. You've got a guy like Didi Gregorius. When I look at all of that, and I try to be as objective as I can, I have to believe we're five or six games better than we were a year ago, yeah. just based on that. So that that puts you at 86, 80, you know, 86 wins, 87 wins, something along there. Um, you know, then if things break right in a couple of games, now you're looking maybe at 90 wins. So if, if I had to put a number on it right now, I would tell you 87, and I think that gets you into the postseason. But guess what? If they're in the mix come July and they're playing well, you can be sure this ownership group is going to go out and add a couple of more uh, bodies and arms and, and bats. And then that can take you up over 90, 91, 92 wins. And and we know what will happen if they get to that level. So, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I keep, keep a feet on the ground. Keep my feet on the ground. I know. I know. It's, uh, yeah, I, I think the Phillies are now looking towards what happens towards trade deadline, aren't they, in terms of any more acquisitions, unless something really does come on the table that they can snag a, another starting pitcher at possibly a low price. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you just feel that the, the, back, the boardroom are just, just buying their time. Let's see where we are come trade deadline, and then let's make our, our big moves then and kick on. Uh, oh, man, yeah. We're getting all excited <laughs> now. <laughs> let's, let's, start, let's start this season. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't want to touch on it too much. We'll just coronavirus is a massive uncertainty. Um, It's an ever fast paced, you know, developments happening all the time. So there's no point. I'm in arguing about if games we play behind empty stadiums or whatever, no one knows, but is there a lot of talk of it amongst the players and coaching staff and, and staff around the team? Is it, openly being discussed is it on is it on the minds of the players and and staff or is it just being let everyone else sort of deal with it and we'll deal with our jobs sort of thing i think more the latter um you know obviously there's talk about it because things are being um implemented to try and you know keep everybody in the organization as as healthy as they can um you know they've done some some tinkering with access the clubhouse and to different areas of the of the ballpark and you know there's obviously you know people in higher positions than me are in constant conversations with the what ifs and you know what will we do if we have to do this kind of thing and major league baseball is obviously keeping a very close eye on it so i but i think the players and i know you know i can speak for the broadcasters and and i think the the trainers and the traveling party the guys that are are together and are going to be on the road together we're basically kind of saying look you you do what you can you 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 do what you can do to keep yourself healthy and keep yourself uh, you know underexposed but 
you just got to go out and kind of do your job and, and you can't, you can't obsess. You can't overthink it because yeah, I agree. so much is out of our control. And, uh, you know, hopefully they, they get a handle on it. Um, you know, globally they get a handle on it and, uh, and it starts to wane a little bit and we don't have to play games in front of empty ballparks and things like that. Although I guess it's a possibility at this point, you know, the NCAA tournament over here has just announced that there won't be fans at the yeah, first couple sure. games. So, yeah. So I guess it's possible, but, uh, we haven't heard anything yet, so we're just going to keep doing our thing and and uh, and yeah. hope that yeah. nothing changes. So yeah, business, business as usual until yeah. otherwise told. Really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Uh, let's get to social media. Let's, let's get some questions out from the fans. Plenty of okay. Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we've got one here from Harry Andrews who said, "Who is uh, who is your tip for the Phillies' dark horse surprise player of the season?" Ah, great question. Um, surprise player of the season. I am going to say, I'm going to say Zach Eflin is, is that guy. I think Zach has a chance to be really, really good this year. You know, 16 wins, 17 wins kind of guy, kind of guy. Um, and he certainly has the talent and I think he's really starting to understand his abilities. And I think he's matched with the pitching coach that really fits his, his style. So I'm going to say Eflin as your number four starter up upwards, 15, 16 wins. That would be fantastic. So I'll go with him. Yeah. Incredible. I really could kickstart his career as well. At such sure. a, he's he's yeah. still young as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, what about, uh, Arietta, what, from what you've seen of him so far, a fully healthy Barney Arietta is he is he looking I've, I've not been able to see much of him this spring is he looking a lot fresher a lot more freer with his arm you know it's funny I, I I probably wouldn't describe him as freer just yet Jake Jake has such an interesting delivery first of all the guy is an absolute beast when it comes to the body the machine that is his body he's in amazing shape and he he is completely healthy I've talked to him at length about it I don't think he's found his his slot quite yet. Um, he's been a little herky jerky, you know, with his motion. A little bit look look like he's trying to find something. That said, you know, he's going to throw tomorrow. Um, it would not shock me if he comes out, throws five innings tomorrow, and looks really really good. So the important thing is that he's healthy. Mm. I think now he's just trying to you know reestablish that that release point, that consistency, that arm slot that had made him so successful over the years. Um, You know, last year, I think he had a tinker because of the pain. So I think he's still looking for it, but he's got a couple of weeks to find it. And I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. An improvement from Arietta and Eflin would even, well, even a small one from Arietta would, would be huge for the rotation with Wheeler and Nola in front of him. Um, Oscar, uh, our friend from Sweden, says uh what was it like to start the play-by-play announcing is it do you still get nervous doing that you've done it a few times now or is it coming more yeah. natural to you you know i i don't get nervous um anymore i did, you know, certainly i did when i first uh first got handed the opportunity um <laughs> I, I think you and i when when we talked before we i told you the story about how it all came about and so um i've gotten an opportunity to do both radio and television this spring in fact i've done a probably about seven or eight games already this spring and i have about six more to do play by play so 
I'm starting to find that um, that comfort level that you need to be successful. And, uh, I, you know, I, I learned so much from listening to Tom and, and so much from listening to Scott and uh, and other guys, too. And and it's just, uh, you know, the more you do anything, the more comfortable you become. And, and I, I, I'd like to think I'm getting to the point where I sound comfortable um, and for the most part and, and, you know, being able to deliver the deliver the game at, at a high level. Um, I certainly feel like I've come a long way in the last couple of years, but you know, you can always continue to get better. So that's what I'm shooting for. Do, do you, do you try and emulate other broadcasters that you've heard do it? Or do you just try and keep to your own sort of style? You know, I don't, I wouldn't say I try to emulate anybody in particular. I do take note of other guys and things they do that I think are, um, are good and successful and I try to implement them in my own way. But, uh, but I wouldn't say that I couldn't point to anybody and just say, yeah, that's, that's who I want to sound like. That's who I want to yeah. be like. Yeah. If you try and do that, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. You really have to try and be yourself first and foremost, not only in play by play, but anytime you're doing anything on TV or radio, I think, you have to know who you are first and foremost, and then kind of build from there. So that's, that's what I do. That's good advice. Good advice. Uh, Robert Harris says best player interview. I presume he means with the minute with Murphs or I probably in general, actually you've interviewed many, many players in your time, Greg, Yeah. any that stand out, any of your favorites? Well, so uh, the guys on the team now, there's a couple that are just so much fun to, to, to interview. Um, the guys like, uh, well, Hector Neris is one of my favorite. He's just, he's just fun and, and great to joke around with. And, um, so I enjoy talking to him. Reese is a great interview because he's so thoughtful, uh, with his, with his answers. Uh, he's always honest. He's always, uh, willing to, to kind of give you an idea of what's going on in his head. And Bryce Harper is, is an outstanding interview. Um, any chance that you get, to talk to him, he always takes it very seriously, like he does everything else in his life. And he, he puts a lot of pride into, you know, being a part of that conversation. So, you know, those are a couple of guys currently that, uh, that I've enjoyed, but over the years, I mean, Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard were, were always outstanding. Uh, Brad Lidge is another guy that comes to mind. That was great. And uh, man, you know, I've, I've been so lucky over the years to cover, all sports and, and and I've talked to a lot of pretty pretty dynamic athletes. Uh, Billy Jean King is another one I always think of when I think about. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, you know, you talk about a legend, uh, you know, a once in a generation kind of athlete, and and she is wonderful to talk to, and and uh, so yeah, so many, so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, um, you say Bryce Harper and Hoskins. It's such young guys as well, aren't they? They're, they're amazingly yeah. not media trained, but for such young heads, you know, that they, they, they're just so good with media. That Bryce Harper interview on, on whip uh, a couple of days ago was, was fantastic. Yeah. He's yeah. You a, know, such a nice guys as well. They're, and I think it, I think it starts there. They're, they're genuine. They're, they, they're not trying to be anything other than who they are. And for the most part um, that comes across when they, when they speak to anybody and then they honestly take the time to listen to a question and try to give you a, you know, a real honest 
thoughtful answer. And and when when athletes do that, or anyone does that, but when athletes do that, it really comes across. Um, and I think folks at home get a real sense for the kind of person that they are, which you know, kind of comes back and, and helps them in, in the long run because yeah. fans are, they feel connected to them. They feel like they understand them. They feel like they know them. And they're probably a little more apt to be um, understanding when things aren't going well for those kinds of guys as well. Yeah. It makes it more relatable to them as well. Like sure. they have emotions, they have normal feelings mm-hmm. like, like we do. I think Bryce was, I think I saw an interview where he's brutally honest and said debuting last year, gave him a kick up the backside you know and it wasn't that <laughs> yeah. they were booing his performance they because they expect so much of him and he he, he understood it he and for, for a guy so young you know that that can turn a player two ways either they can it can get him down and it, it can it can really harm a player's career you know they some don't recover from mentally from that but Bryce just took it took it all in and then second half of his season was just unbelievable yeah, yeah, you, you, you really do. In cities, you know, in any city that takes their sports as seriously as Philadelphia, and there are others in, in the U.S., obviously Boston and Chicago and, and New York, um, you have to understand that the fans are are the way they are because they love the sport and they Passion. love the team. That, yeah, they're passionate, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Because, you know, you look at the other cities where there isn't any of that and I wouldn't want to play there. So so but you take the good with the bad and, and you understand that they're not attacking you personally, but they're 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 unhappy with the results. And then, you know, what? if you can internalize that and use it to, to your advantage and turn it around and help it motivate you, then, you know, more power to you. And I think we see we, a lot of the guys do that. Yeah, and, and Gerard as well. Gerard's come from the Yankees where a fan base sure. expects wins and you're in a lot of pressure there. And, and Gerard's come here, and, you know, again, when he's uh, that interview at the start of the season, when he said, you know, that he as a manager, he hated coming to Philadelphia, you know, <laughs> against, the, against the Phillies because he knows what a crazy sports-mad city this is, how passionate it is. And that effect can, you know, it can get to opposing teams. Sure can, yeah. It can work work to our advantage. Um, at Diablo's forty nine says, uh, what the, what is the Phillies' plan for Vince if he continues to struggle? Do you think? Because I think he could personally. I think he could be a deadly bullpen piece. What What about yourself, Greg? Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that's probably the plan. Um, you know, we saw him come out of the pen last year and have some success. He, he really, he is suited to fill that back end of the bullpen, the seventh or the eighth inning with the, with the kind of stuff that he has. However, you know, you can't help but hope and wish that, my gosh, if he can really figure it out and give you six or seven innings as a starter, you know, every five days, what what an incredible um, boost that would be for, for the team. So I think they want to give him every opportunity to seize that role. And I think you could say the same about Nick, but certainly there's so much talent there. There's so much um, raw ability that they're not going to just give up on a kid like that. So yeah, I think the next step would be the bullpen and, and, you know, see if he can't fill some kind of role there. And in the, and the league is full of guys that, don't make it as starters, but then find their niche in the bullpen and end up having long, long careers. So, um, you know, starter first, that would be great. But if not, then maybe, maybe that role in the bullpen. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember that game a few years ago where he got was it 16 strikeouts, 15 strikeouts. It was his first start at home. I think it was his second professional start in his yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's stuff. <laughs> you can't it. teach that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. I really hope it works for him because he, he's, he seems a guy, I, he's one of those guys that shows it all on the mound. When it's going wrong for him, you can see it in him. Mm-hmm. And he, he yeah. seems like a very confident Play, it, like confidence sort of knocks him and builds him up to, to the yeah, player he, he, he personally he's he's such a nice guy he's he's a genuine uh friendly uh humble young man comes from a really nice family and and you so you know you pull for those guys as well obviously just from a human being standpoint yeah. so yeah. i'd love to see vince figure it out because the god-given talent is certainly there but as we know, this game can be extremely difficult between the years, and and sometimes you know it takes a while to to get that part of the game down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carl Went says your favorite MLB ballpark besides Citizens Bank Park. Which uh, which parks are you looking forward to visiting on the road this year? Uh, well, if you're just talking about ballparks, I would say. Um, San Francisco's always great. It's a beautiful ballpark. It's always, uh, well, not always. Sometimes it's pretty cold there, but for the most part, pretty pretty good weather uh, when you're there in the summer, and uh, they always have a great crowd there. So I always like San Francisco, but you can't you can't go wrong with the Wrigley's and the and the Fenways of the world. Um, those places are are just special, and and Colorado is a is a terrific ballpark as long as you're not there in April, which I think we are this year. So that might not be as fun this year, but, um, but if you're there in June or July, it's a, it's a beautiful place as well. Do you still get that, that little thing? Like people say they get a, a tingle when they go to places like Fenway and Wrigley and you've been there a few times. Do you still get that, you know, that, that sense of what a great ballpark that is and the history of it? I, yes, I do. And, and the day that I don't is, will be a sad day because then I'm, I'm taking way too much for granted. The idea that we get a chance to make that our, our office for three days every year. Um, I mean, it's, it's just special. It's a special place. They have special fans. It's uh, we're so lucky to, to get to go and, and watch a ball game and, and do that. So um, absolutely. It affects me every time. And, and, and I'm glad it does because I don't ever want to get to the point where, where I don't appreciate those kinds of places. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Greg, we're going to play a special little game and it is <laughs> a minute with Murph. I with love Murph. it. The tables have turned, Greg. <laughs> I, well, it, may, it may be a little bit more than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine are too, so that's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, I've seen yours are well edited down on, on social media. I was like, yeah, that's not a minute. Um, so, Greg, are you ready for a, a minute with Murph? I am ready to go. I'm nervous, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay, so, Greg, you love to travel. Obviously, you travel around a lot with the team throughout the season. What are your three favorite bands to listen to when you're on the road? Wow, three favorite bands to listen to when I'm on the road. All right, so um, I, you know, I'm pretty old, Dave. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm pushing fifty at this point. So I gotta go Never. a little old school. I gotta I gotta go back. Um, I would say, well, my all time favorite guy is Billy Joel. So I listen to Billy Joel all the time. Love Billy Joel. Um, so I, I listen to a lot of him. Um, I'm a I'm a country music fan. 
now too. And uh, one of my favorite bands in country music, um, well, I guess it wouldn't be a band. Kenny Chesney is one of my favorites. I love Kenny Chesney. So I listen to a, a lot of him as well. And then, um, hmm, let me see. A third would be yeah, probably Dirk Bentley. That would be my number right. three. Right. Yeah. So a little country and a little old school. That's that's me right now. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Greg, if you could host a dinner party and invite three legendary sporting personalities, either dead or alive, who would they be and why? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Okay. So I would invite um, – I would invite – I'd invite Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is one athlete who I've always admired and never had a chance to interview. So Tiger Woods would be invited because I'd love the chance to just sit and talk to him uh, about the game of golf. I'm a, I'm a big golfer and I, and I enjoy, I love watching him play because um, he was so dominant. So that, that would be my first one. Um, the second one I think would be Richie Ashburn. Um, I was just getting into the business, um, when I had met Richie a couple times, but I never really got to know him and, and talk to him both about his playing career and then about his broadcasting career. So I think I would invite, uh, Richie Ashburn. I think that would be, be a lot of fun. And then finally, I think, uh, let's see. Mm, I think I'd have to go with a coach. Um, Maybe I would say, uh, hmm. <laughs> that's tough. You put me on the spot. That is a tough question. Uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't go to coach. I, I think I'd go Babe Ruth. You know, oh, yeah. I just watched the documentary. I just watched the documentary on him and he was such a colorful guy, but also, you know, had his fair share of, of struggles and demons as well. Um, it would be interesting to sit down and have a, 30 minute one-on-one conversation with a guy like Babe Ruth and kind of try to figure out what made him tick and what made him great. So I'll throw him on the list. Oh, what a, what a dinner party. What would you cook him? What's your speciality? <laughs> I better have a lot of food if, if Babe's coming to, to, come <laughs> yeah. to the party. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'd have to, we'd, maybe we'd grill some stuff up. We'd do a little barbecue and, uh, you know, a little, little chicken, some burgers, some dogs, maybe even some, uh, some lobster tail on the grill or something like that. Oh, oh, send me an invite. <laughs> I'm there. You're invited, Dave. You're invited. <laughs> and uh, and of course, last question. You grew up, of course, in in Mount. Is it Mount uh, Mount Laurel in New Jersey? That's right, Mount Laurel, New um, Jersey. And of course, so did fellow NBC Sports presenter and Phillies legend John Crook. What is your he, best yeah. John Crook story you can give us? Oh. There must be many. <laughs> All right, so there are a lot of John Crook stories that I could tell you about. Well, that I can't tell you about, but <laughs> but I will tell you this. So John, John is um, he's he's wonderful. He's a curmudgeon, but he's like my favorite curmudgeon. So um, and he's also very endearing. But he he really sometimes is kind of helpless on the road <laughs> to the point where you're like, John, how do you? How do you get through the day kind of thing? So uh, I remember we were staying at this uh, place in Arizona where we were playing the Diamondbacks a couple of years ago. And the place it was this enormous resort called the Biltmore. And it had like eight or nine buildings and, and pools everywhere. And it, you, needed, you needed to figure out how to get to where you wanted to go. Well, he could not find his room ever. 
And so we used to have to get off. We'd get off the bus and we'd have to walk him to his room so that he could find his room to go to bed. And then we would meet him kind of in the morning and, and help him find the bus again because uh, he wasn't going to he wasn't going to be able to find it on his own. Or, or at least that's what he said. He was going to be able to find yeah, it. So yeah. we had to take it upon our, ourselves to help him out. But uh, oh, but John's yeah, John's a great guy to be around. And, and you know, he likes to. He likes to bust my stones and, and I like to hand it right back to him. So uh, he, he, he's a good one. Oh, I, I love the podcast you two did together a couple of seasons ago. They were, that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> they were absolutely brilliant. They, one for me, they weren't long enough. I, I, was like, I was like, oh, it's finished. What? No, there's so, there's so much more. We need more. We need more stories. Because more, his stories would just yes. be... In, you'd be there with him as he tells you the stories. He's an amazing great. storyteller. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. So his sense of humor is is very dry, which is so popular here in the UK. Yeah. I remember when I I had the the privilege of meeting him last year, and uh, it just he is exactly how you see him on telly. And uh, when you introduced me to him, and the the fact he turned to me and went, "You're from the UK." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you watch all the games. Yeah, yeah. He looked at me and went, "You're effing crazy." You know, just in that blunt, blunt, looked to be blunt and just walked off. I was like, for me, yes. yes John, that's exactly that. the response I, I, I wanted. It's just an amazing he, guy. You got the true John Crook experience right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, the gen- yeah. I didn't want, yeah, that is exactly what I wanted. I was not disappointed one bit. That will always funny. stick with me. That's, um, he's just, you know, I'd love to get him on the podcast. Love to get him on the podcast. Well, we'll have to try and make that happen. I can't make any promises, but I I, I can put in a good work. Oh, that'd be awesome. Greg, <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time. Um, have you done much on your day off today? Apart from uh, I, pl- I played a little golf today. I played a little golf, which was, which was a beautiful day. So I didn't play well, but it was still fun. Oh, I can imagine. Is it, who do you play with? Uh, so I played with uh, our assistant general manager, Ned Rice, and – one of our baseball op guys, uh, a guy named Chris Cashman, and then our one of our PR guys, Chris Ware. So, and and Chris Ware and I were teammates, and and we beat the other two. So that was, that was good. <laughs> and that's a little bonus. That's right. <laughs> awesome, Greg. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, get you on during midway through the season, during the All Star break or something. That would be fantastic. Sounds great. Yeah, I always love to talk to you, and uh, we look forward to when you're coming back over to Philly too. Yeah, hopefully. Well. We'll see what happens with uh, with if it's going on with Corona. I'm hoping yes. September. Okay. All right. With him for oh, the running. Hey. I'm hoping we're going to have a little, no more repeats of the last two years. No. I'm hoping September for the Braves, the Mets, and then the Washington uh, road trip to finish it off. Oh, well, maybe you'll get to see a clinching game in all of that. That oh, would be that, great. That's a dream. Or even, <laughs> oh, God, Greg, again, feet on the ground. <laughs> get get <laughs> away. <laughs> Um, awesome! Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you soon, Greg. And give give our love to the NBC guys, Tom and and Ben and and John, and all the guys who do a fantastic job at NBC Sports. Thanks, Dave. We will, and uh, look forward. To, like I said, look forward to seeing you soon. Brilliant! Thank you, Greg. Thank you very Take much. Care. Awesome. I'd just like to say again a massive thanks to Greg for giving up his time and coming on to discuss Phillies baseball with me. So much fun. Honestly, I, I just could just keep going chatting to Greg for hours. Um, but that was incredible. And as you can tell, we're both really upbeat, as I can imagine you guys are as well, for the new season ahead. And at this point of recording, it's just 
over two weeks away. Don't forget, this Sunday, you can watch me, Alex and Ryan, chat Phillies baseball build-ups to the new season live on Twitter and Periscope on the UK Phillies account. We can't wait for that. But in the meantime, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the spring training games. We will see you Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. And please, as ever, keep subscribing on your uh, podcast provider. And please leave us a nice little rating as well. Be really appreciated. Again, as ever, thank you, guys. Ring the bell.